Hi, you're listening to Tales from the Tech Corridor, a brand new podcast series in which I am asking entrepreneurs and founders of exciting tech businesses what inspired them and how they got from their initial idea to where they are today. I'm Joanna Goodman. I'm a tech journalist. My guests are at the forefront of developments in our digital and connected world, and we are talking about the innovations that are changing how we live and work. Welcome to episode five, which we are recording live from the Law Society in London. And we have a special guest, Margarita Sivakova, co-founder and CEO of Ukrainian startup Legal Nodes. Welcome, Margarita. Thank you so much. Margarita is based in London, but the rest of her team are still in Ukraine. She has an amazing story of escaping from Kiev, where she was meeting colleagues and family when war broke out. Can you tell us what happened? Yeah, of course. So um, I was actually in Kiev when everything started, and on the 24th of February, I had my flight back to London. So um, my flight was around 11 a.m., but then at night my mom woke me up at around 5 a.m. and she said that it started. So we both woke up and, um, yeah, they started bombing and uh, I texted my chat with the team and everyone replied. And we have a team that is very distributed across the whole of Ukraine. So that straight up told me that it's not just Kiev, it's not just airports, it's like it's around the whole of Ukraine. Uh, So we started thinking about kind of, well, first reaction was, what do we do? Um, We got my husband who came to our apartment. Then we, they traveled to go grab my grandma who lives in a different place. So we all kind of um, just met each other and stayed together in Kiev for the first day. And then after that, we were thinking about kind of the next steps. And how about your colleagues? Are they still in Ukraine or um, have they managed to leave as well? Yeah, so my team is 25 people and they are all over Ukraine. So it's not just in Kiev. And we had a team kind of, yeah, so as I said, uh, in all the possible parts of Ukraine. Uh, So that's the way it is now. Uh, We did uh, manage to evacuate some of the um, women from the team. So we got them out of the country and some of them are now in Portugal, some of them are um, in Turkey. So they are in different parts of the world. Uh, as you know, there is a martial law, so man can't leave. So they're all staying. And uh, we had um, a few members of our team who joined voluntary re- organizations to help fight the uh, uh, Russians. And also we had um, head of our department of for privacy and data protection, who joined the army. And it was his decision, and we fully supported him on that. And he's still there. And, um, yeah, we all the time we keep in contact with him because he's the one who essentially he's, he is, and the army, they are the only ones whom we are very thankful for being alive and being able to keep working. So whilst he's there protecting us, we're here trying to, you know, make sure we can keep the team, keep working, keep making money, and just growing and hiring more people from Ukraine. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, and can you tell me a little bit about Legal Nodes, about about what about what it does, and also the inspiration behind it? Because it is um, it is a startup. It's yeah. it's fa- fairly new, and you've pivoted a little bit. Yeah, I think a little bit is an understatement. We've <laughs> pivoted like all the time, and mm-hmm. it's not. 
it's already been three years. And so the way it started, uh, it has been one thing. What we're doing now is completely different thing. And I think it's like with any startup journey, it's quite, um, it's quite, it's quite a journey. So it changes, everything changes as you scale, as you test new things. So we started uh, mm -hmm. back three years ago. It was me and my co-founder, Nestor, and mm -hmm. also my uh, other co-founder, Max, joined us uh, at the very beginning as our technical co-founder mm -hmm. to help us implement all our crazy ideas at that time. And uh, me and Nestor, we met at a law firm. So I've actually always wanted to be a lawyer. So at the age of 14, I left Ukraine to study in the UK and uh, I went to school, college, but then I went to university, did my LLB. Then I went to BBP Law School, which is just around the corner here. Mm -hmm. And I did my LPC. So then I wanted to work as a lawyer. I did that. And... Um, so in one of the law firms back in Ukraine, I met Nestor, and we worked in the same department, in the same practice, mm -hmm. supporting startups and tech companies. And that's how kind of I got to know him and we got to know the problems that exist in the industry for such kind of fast scaling, innovative mm -hmm. companies that never stick to one location. They usually just scale globally and we call them kind of global by default yeah uh, so that's when the idea to create a startup also came to our minds because of the inefficiencies we were ourselves running into so you started off um legal nodes was supporting was supporting startups yeah. and international companies that were were launching um offices or or serving clients in diff in different countries yeah, so that's what we originally started off. But of course, the model of how we solved the problem um, of this kind of fragmentation of the legal market was very different. So we initially started off as a marketplace. Mm -hmm. So you would have, so we thought that the main problem was about finding lawyers. So we just created a marketplace, created those lawyer profiles. We already had quite an extensive network. We built mm -hmm. on it. We created the profiles, we filled mm -hmm. them out. And we were like, yeah, clients come to our platform, choose a lawyer and work with them. And we were like, that's going to definitely work. And it didn't. And um, at that point in time, it was a bit um, sad that it didn't work. But then I knew deep down that this is just an insight for us because um, a lot of other companies were doing something similar. And then we talked to a lawyer from those, com like, from those platforms and we learned so much as to why it doesn't work. And uh, mm -hmm. we pivoted to uh, essentially this model whereby legal notes has to provide value beyond matchmaking. And we also pivoted to an idea mm -hmm. that uh, clients, they never know who is the best lawyer for the job. Um, should it be one lawyer or two lawyers? Where the lawyer should be coming mm -hmm. from? What type of a lawyer it is? What type of a task that lawyer should be doing? So if a client, you just have a question or a task and you want it done, you don't want to essentially know exactly what needs to get done. And the analogy I like to bring is um, how it works in the UK with the GP. So yeah you don't diagnose yourself, do all the tests, figure out what it is that is wrong, think that probably I should go and see, I don't know, dermatologist, whatever, and you go and find that person, you go talk to them, you go explain to them, mm -hmm. and like, it can be right, or you can be completely wrong, and you need a mm -hmm. completely different specialist. So that's the same in law. You don't know if you need a corporate lawyer, you might think you need it, but it might be something completely different, mm -hmm. and you might not need a lawyer at all. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's how the idea to create legal notes in a completely new way um, come to light. Mm -hmm. 
So now you ended up with the sort of virtual legal office, didn't you? Exactly, yeah. So mm-hmm. we act as this virtual legal officer mm-hmm. for companies. Mm-hmm. And um, it's actually a lot broader than that. It's easy to explain it to our clients that it's just virtual legal officer. Yeah. But the way it works is a lot more undercover. It's, it's, there is a lot more to enable that, uh, to enable that simplicity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we start working with clients, we onboard them onto the platform mm-hmm. and we assign a virtual legal officer that acts as the single point of contact for them to deal with all their different legal questions mm-hmm. that might arise in different countries and in different areas of law. So instead of going and looking for those lawyers yourself and trying to compile a team of lawyers in different countries and manage them, you just mm-hmm. go to legal notes, you tell your virtual legal officer what you think you need to do and uh, that virtual legal officer will come back to you with a legal roadmap and a clear t- tasks and price estimates and best people for the job and you can just see how it gets done through the platform without having to kind of manage it actively yourself so it's like your in-house lawyer Mm -hmm. meets your project manager but at a fraction of the cost and only when you need it Uh uh-huh so it's sort of legal office on demand isn't it in a way yeah yeah i can you can say that (laughs) so um that that's that's pretty cool so tell me a little bit about how you kept the business going during these these conflict because Everybody was disrupted across across your entire country. So you you left and came here uh, after some weeks didn't in March, you? yeah, because it took mm. us weeks to mm. travel and it took us a lot of time. We stayed in multiple places, um, and well, of course, the very first weeks were about not business, but about evacuating the team members mm-hmm. because the team is like the most important. Um, just point Mm -hmm. that's the most important thing so we were evacuating everyone to safer areas and trying to help everyone both financially and mentally and we keep doing that Uh, so those first weeks were more about um, safety just going back to making sure Mm -hmm. everyone is in safety Uh, and um, people continued working as much as they could so whilst some of the team members would evacuate like we had a lot of team members from Kharkiv, which is completely bombed now, and mm. they keep bombing it every day. Um, and um, was they, for example, evacuated from Kharkiv, their family stayed, and you can't work until your family is safe. So mm. we had to um, kind of help where we can, and also just wait until you know they they sort it out as well. Um, so it took us a few weeks to get back to kind of a more um, business as usual, uh, as much as it's possible. Mm. Um, Mm-hmm. But for everyone, work has been the purpose because you need to have a purpose when things like that happen. And uh, unless you're fighting, you need to make sure that you are you can contribute in some other way. Yeah. And so we defined our purpose that for me as a founder, my purpose is to keep the workplaces, hire more people, generate more money and help Ukraine economy and help Ukrainian soldiers fight this financially. Uh, and uh, we do uh, donations, we help with certain delivery of different um, equipment. Uh, and uh, we used to post about this at the very beginning, but then it just kind of started rolling every month and we just we just do it. And mm-hmm. um, I don't feel like we need to talk about it all the time, but that is something that has just become a norm for us. Um, and so that has become like my purpose. But then for the team, the purpose has also been to keep working because if you... If you don't have anything to do, it's the worst thing. There is nothing you can... It's just like the earth goes under your 
feet and you don't know what to stand on and the workplace and the team members is something you can always go back to and contribute and everyone had this so we just continued working and mm -hmm. we actually worked a lot more than before although we always work a lot <laughs> because we're a startup so that's just kind of how it happened yes so you you talked about launching new products during yeah. this really stressful time yeah in the first months we not just launched new products we were just like right we updated our website we updated our blog we understood that like we used to do webinars a lot mm -hmm. and webinars need good connection mm -hmm. and they need good internet and that was not feasible so we were like what can we do we went straight into content generation updated our blog update our categories and it's now working really well so the google search and seo has been now like really good um lead generating tool for us so we keep uh we've, we've started investing into that and it's now gonna we're reaping the benefits of it already so that was one of the things we did um we launched a new product we actually launched into a new category completely we started mm -hmm. really actively scaling into a web3 category mm -hmm. uh so um projects that basically um work in a web3 space and they have a lot of different legal questions that span mm -hmm. multiple countries so we actually found a really great niche for us uh, and uh, we've just started focusing on that because it was the way we can get international clients fast mm -hmm. um so that's what we did Margarita, can you explain for for our listeners yeah. what the what the Web three product does? Because not everyone will will be familiar with it. Yeah, of course. So there are new those like there are a lot of things that you can talk about in Web three space, but I'd probably narrow it down to this concept of decentralized governance and ownership, whereby you give stakeholders mm -hmm. in your company a new way to essentially influence the way the organization is run. Mm -hmm. uh, and that usually involves issuing tokens and that usually involves implementing certain uh, rules for members of the organization as to how they can interact, pass decisions, how they can vote on them and things like that. So one of the organizations that come up is uh, DAO. It's a decentralized autonomous organization. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, there are a lot of legal questions surrounding that. Uh, for example, there is this concept of unlimited liability that may mm -hmm. attach to members of this organization if there is no legal mm -hmm. entity. Um, there are a lot of regulatory risks. So a lot of people who are in the space started thinking about how to protect themselves, the members of the organization, the assets and things like that. Uh, so that's when uh, we launched the DAO legal wrapper. So essentially mm -hmm. it helps you to set up a company and to set up all the necessary other legal documents and rules around mm -hmm. the organization to make it legally uh, kind of to make it operate in the real world. Um, mm -hmm. That's how we like to that's how we like to put it. So this is a new kind of governance um, for digital companies um, and um, digital nomads and international businesses. I would say it's a new type of governance and ownership uh, mm. that uh, for companies or projects, um, mm -hmm. and it completely redefines the way you see your stakeholders, your members, your employees, and mm -hmm. your users. So, for example, let's take Uber as an example. Yeah. Uh, if DAO concept existed at that time, um, and drivers of Uber would have some mm. kind of rights and some kind of stake in the company or rights to vote as a key element of this whole mm -hmm. organization to run, because without mm -hmm. drivers, there would be no Uber. Mm. Um, they could have, for example, passed a decision to uh, implement the tip feature for them, which mm -hmm. was a lot of, there was a lot of conversations around that. Uh, and uh that's that's kind of the whole idea of DAO. It doesn't yeah. all rely on the executives to pass the decision and give some power to the key members and users of 
of the product or of the company. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is a very, a very revolutionary concept and I really believe in it. So you, you've created an awful lot in a, in a, a short and, st and stressful time. Um, how are you finding man managing your team now remotely from London when they are, they are scattered over Ukraine and other countries? So we've always been a remote first team. Mm. We've always had a team distributed in this way. So in terms of management, not much has changed. Mm. Uh, it's more about um, just being really worried if someone doesn't reply for too long, not just because they, they're not working or whatever, but because you never know if something has happened or something, mm. the drop has, like the bomb has dropped or mm. um, they are in a bomb shelter or things like that. It's also like instances where you're in a team call, but someone has to run to a bomb shelter because the air raid sirens would go off. So it's things like that. Uh, that's very, um, that's very new. Um, mm. But yeah. And, and how about connectivity? Because be, being a um, remote, remote first and digital business, you rely entirely on, on connectivity. So how, is, how has that been? The way we connect right now is we have this chat, which is more in, informal, and mm. we constantly talk there, share ideas, news, uh, something that someone read. We also joke around there just to, you know, just to boost the mood and spirit. So that's, that's, what we, that's how we connect right now. Uh, we also have calls. So I have calls with the team every day. So I, I pretty much know uh, what everyone's doing and um, I can connect with them in that way. Uh, we also have Friday calls where mm. everyone joins as, and we join as a team and everyone can share something. Uh, we are now thinking about a bit of a new format. So we want to make it more focused about the goals that we all achieved as a company and as a specific team members. So everyone can share something they've done. Uh, and something they've achieved and any help they may need. So that's how we, that's how we connect now. Mm -hmm. So you, you keep up morale by doing that too. Um, and you mentioned about supporting, um, supporting your team's mental health and well-being yeah. as well. Yeah, we also try and do that. We, we already do that. So there are specific sessions they can take if they need more kind of mental, moral support. Uh, and we fully... Um, cover that from from the company so that everyone can let it go of their chest if they need to mm -hmm. talk through something a, a lot of people has got through a lot of trauma has mm -hmm. gone through a lot of trauma so they definitely need to take that up with a specialist and uh, we fully we fully support that mm -hmm. and in fact we really encourage them to do that mm -hmm. and and how and how are the how are they all how are they all doing at the moment and are things a little better I would say so, yes. So it really depends on the day. You know, some days are better, some days are worse. Some weeks are better, some weeks are worse. But mm -hmm. um, we are going strong. We're working. We're achieving things. And that is really boosting the team spirit. Uh, so I can say that we're all right um, as much as we can be. We should Hopefully things will get better uh, with time. But... Mm. And meanwhile, your business has expanded internationally because of the Web3. So that was one reason for the pivot? Yeah, for sure. So our question was strategically, how do we start selling um, internationally as fast as possible? And so we focused on Web3 Legal and um, we are now getting calls from all over the world. And um, that's kind of how we work. So the first thing is always a call, introduction call or consultation. And... Um, 
I've put a statistic somewhere for the previous months, and it has been around 12 countries or 13 mm-hmm. countries, mm-hmm. and it's literally all over the world. And so that has really that has really achieved what we wanted it to achieve. So I'm quite happy with that. And it's really, really interesting to talk to people from different countries as well. I'm really enjoying that. We had a conversation before this about Ben Horowitz's concept of the wartime CEO as a leadership concept um but you're an actual wartime ceo what what is your what is is your strategy for um leading your business um during these difficult times and and expanding it in different directions as you've done yeah that's a great question uh, and uh, actually with this concept i was introduced in, into it by my mentor who told me when I was just beginning this whole journey that there are broadly speaking two types of leadership. There is this peacetime CEO concept and wartime CEO concept. And peacetime CEO, they also call it smile CEO. So it's like leading Mm -hmm. through kindness, being very kind of open, nice collaboration. So it's all those kind of concepts that attach to that. And concept of a wartime CEO is kind of on this another side of a spectrum. And it's about being more um, strict with the way organization is run, with the way things are done, and also treating every competitor as this kind of your, um, you need to fight them, you know. So this is um, this is another concept. And again, this is a very broadly speaking. I'm sure there is a lot more to those both concepts. I just like to put a disclaimer in there. Uh, and this is like broadly speaking, two sides of the spectrum. And um, I remember walking out of that meeting thinking like, where do I fit? I'm definitely a peacetime CEO. I don't like to fight anyone. I'm more about collaboration. I don't mm-hmm. feel that you need to constantly prove yourself's worth by comparing yourself to competitors. You just need to prove uh, value to your customers and deliver that. And um, I, like when the war started, this re- this conversation returned to me and I was like, actually, I'm a wartime CEO now, but not in the way it's written in books, uh, but in a way, an actual way, my, my country is at war. This means that we are all at war. And um, that was a very, very interesting uh, insight for me and a realization for me. Uh, interesting and sad because I never wanted to be a wartime CEO. I never thought I would have to be uh, this way. It was never my choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's interesting. And you've, it seems to have sparked a lot of creativity because um, Dow Legal Rapper reached top five product of the day on the tech product hunt site. Yeah. So that's uh, congratulations on that. Have Thanks. you got anything new in the pipeline coming up? Yeah, since that time we launched more products. So you can go, uh, if you go to Legal Notes website, we've also launched a series of uh, products for um, businesses that operate in a crypto space as well. So it's um, it's not just for DAOs, but it's for other types of organizations as well. So we work with them as well now. Um, and uh, we keep we keep expanding and launching new types of services for our customers to make sure that we can help them with as many legal tasks as possible. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, um, I very much hope that before too long, you get to be a real peacetime CEO. Yeah. Thank you so much, Margarita. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Tales from the Tech Corridor. This series is developed by Boyce Turner LLP and inspired by their tech partners and clients. I'm Joanna Goodman. Thank you for listening.